The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to part two of the Forever Fab podcast. So Mickey and Maria, let's talk about the unglamorous side of fashion. Mm. The fashion industry has faced some serious issues over the past few years, including cultural appropriation, racism, and sexual misconduct. So let's discuss some of the other issues that fashion is still grappling with, and I'd like your take on possible solutions, if there are any. <laughs> mm. On labor. Poor working conditions and overworked, underpaid, and underage employees in developing economies are the machine, are the sort of, that held the, the you know, the engine that cranks fashion. Unfortunately, 50% of trafficked victims, including children, are sold into forced labor. What can fashion do to see that this is happening and to do something about it? Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. I know. That's... Hmm. Well, if anything, you know, they could certainly take a page from the diamond industry, hmm. you know, and really being exacting all the way down. It's more than about the bottom line. How does your product come to market? Where does it start? What does production really look like? Do you know? And it is it rests with manufacturers to know. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the diamond industry did its homework. And, and so I think that, that certainly they can take a page from that industry when it comes to fashion and responsibility. I would think that transparency all along the production line yeah, that's would right. be important. Knowing mm -hmm. the source of your fabric or your exactly. threads and who's putting them together, I think that would help. That's right. So on diversity or lack thereof. New York Magazine's The Cut published the blog, quote, Everywhere and Nowhere, What It's Really Like to Be Black and in Fashion. It provided an in-depth look into the complexity of race within the industry on multiple levels. So based on each of your experiences in the fashion industry, what is it like to be a woman of color in fashion? Oh, <laughs> the saucy! The size. <laughs> the breather. saucy. You know, yes. I, I can speak just... You know, certainly for me, it's a little bit different in that, you know, I humbly say that I came along at a time when we were the invisible women and had the joy and the pain of paving that way mm -hmm. to see that we were seen and heard mm -hmm. yes. in beauty and certainly in fashion. Yeah. Uh, the struggles that I see now uh, as I counsel women uh, are those of us who are people of color in positions of diversity and inclusion. 
is that for most companies, it's still only a theory. And that we Mm -hmm. are struggling in those spaces to really bring clarity and innovation to the table. Because for many companies, they want to check it off the list. Oh, well, we have a person of color. Have you met our diversity and inclusion manager? Mm -hmm. And... You know, I know behind the scenes, she's really struggling to get her ideas across or to get others who are of the same complexion in the seats beside her. And so until we can really affect change, a lot of things will remain the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I was going to say (laughs) as the next generation, you know, without women like Mickey, who opened so Mm -hmm. many doors for the next generation like myself, you know, I wouldn't even be here. Um, I think it's exciting now to see more of us in the room. Um, I can remember even when I started out and at at the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can even remember when I started out. 20 years ago as an assistant and even being the only assistant of color that I saw at a lot of the fashion magazines. Oh, well, you know, I could write a book about that. Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) and this is, and this is years later and this is still decades later. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's, it's exciting now to see that there are more black fashion directors, um, creative directors, you know, more of us that are in these higher roles at publications. Um, But I do think that, you know, it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle. um, We've come a long way and there's definitely more of us in the room, which is great. Yes. Um, But it's still a struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can say even for myself, sometimes it's a struggle working with certain brands. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, getting merchandise getting, for your pages yeah, working on and our shoes. stories, our shoes, yeah. and being able to pull yeah. from certain designers, and that's still right. an issue that that we face. You know, I try to call out the brands that yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that give a, that are problematic yeah. and yes. let them know. Yeah, um, but it's still them. something that that happens. Yeah. You know, and so that's it's still frustrating to see that that's still going on. Yeah. Um, but I think we have come a long way, but there still is a long way to go. Yeah. yeah. And and when you look at the percentage of, you know, women of color who buy their merchandise, yeah. that's it. You know, we it, are it, active consumers. Yeah, yeah. It's not an equal playing field. Yeah. Uh, it's also certainly I can even imagine for someone like Marielle, a slap in the face where if you go to a show mm-hmm. and let's say and the, the top. Ten models on the runway are women of color, yes. but then you can't pull in that designer's yeah. clothing for a magazine that speaks yeah. to millions of black women. Mm-hmm. That's a challenge. Yeah. So while it's getting better on the runway, yes. and even though it's still not mirroring mm-hmm. society at large, right. there is still that struggle behind the scenes. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I can't imagine that it isn't. A, a revenue issue because to your point, Mickey, we, we buy, yeah. we spend. The figures show. Yeah. The right. figures Consistently. show. Yeah. So Consistently. Yeah. And and we are we are the one culture that's both brand loyal yes. and always looking for what's new and noteworthy. That's right. Yes. And and it has proven, particularly in the fashion and beauty and ca- beauty categories, yes. that we will spare no expense to style. Right. Yeah. It's true. And to put our best faces forward in the beauty industry. And I suspect that this is also a similar issue in beauty, that there's underrepresentation, ironically. Even though it's gotten better, it is still somewhat narrowly defined. Yes. Yes, we don't exactly. see ourselves all shades, shapes, and sizes. Yes, mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. textures, all of those. Things. Right, and not exactly. that not that plastic surgery is a very global or universal ideal, or is that something mm-hmm. 
you know, most people want, but I assure you it, it definitely exists in plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. I used to joke and say that when people were surprised that I was a plastic surgeon, I used to joke and say, oh, yeah, I'm an yeah. anomaly. But mm -hmm. I stopped yeah. saying that. Right. Because yeah. I cannot yeah. be no. the anomaly. Yeah. I've got to, right. it's got to get to a yeah. point where I am right. the norm, the norm. Or, or the yeah. standard, yeah. or like exactly everybody right. else yeah. in some ways, even That's though I'm exactly not. Right. So right. it's very interesting that for the same things that we celebrate our differences, right. and yet we're punished for our differences. Yeah. That's there right. has to be a happy medium That's right. where we can celebrate our differences and contribute, right. but still just be one big happy right. family. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it is a dream to, particularly in beauty, being the only one in the room for so long, mm -hmm. or fighting for foundation shades for no, us, right. and being asked, well, how many shades do black women really come in? Do we really need 33 <laughs> shades? Yeah. Or right, or why six won't work for all of you? Mm -hmm. right. You know, to now, today, to see Rihanna and Fenty and 40 yes. shades, Kudos and it's all yes. inclusive, yes. you know? Yes. So, yeah, it's just, it is still a process. Work yeah. in progress. A work in still progress, a, a yeah. ways to go. A ways to go. Yeah. yeah. But thankfully, we're yeah. here at the table having this That's discussion. Right. That's yeah. right. So there is a term, fast fashion. But in my opinion, fashionly, fashion is actually a bit slow. For example, it has fallen behind technologically. We may speak of creativity in the industry, as we have been mm -hmm. doing. But in your opinions, where is the innovation? Is it mm -hmm. in textiles? Is it in fabrics? Is it in new young designers? Where is the innovation coming from? different from the creativity because sometimes the creativity doesn't come through. Uh, you know, I think it's coming from both areas, certainly technology, textiles, uh, the the push for sustainable fabrics. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think by and large, it is still coming from the streets of the world. Yeah. I really, really do. And how, you know, global citizens, if you will, put themselves together. Mm -hmm. the, the, the blurring of lines, yeah. the transformation, the, the mix and, of cultures. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is still where newness is coming from. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, no, I yeah. totally agree. I think, you know, there's a reason why street style is such a huge, yes. yeah. you know, thing now. And it's I its think, own category now. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Because again, it is. Yeah. it is. Yeah. Right. It is. Right. Yeah. But again, people want to see themselves reflected. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think there's something exciting about seeing you know how pe people put themselves together right. and i think you know mm -hmm. it's where designer t designers take right. inspiration yes. it's where magazines take inspiration it's where trends develop yes. so right. it really exactly. starts from what you know exactly. from what, how people put themselves together yeah, yeah. There is something yeah. exciting about seeing a certain look in a magazine or online and thinking yeah. to yourself, ah, I did that look last week. Catch up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sustainability. Mm -hmm. That's a big one, right? Yeah. It's well known that fashion is one of the most polluting industries on the planet because of toxic chemicals from textile dyeing, the washing of polyester fabric that sheds tons of plastic into water systems, the amount of water and pesticides used in production of fashion, and rampant textile waste. And those are just some examples. So how can these be mitigated in a resourceful and economical and sustainable way so that we may look good, we may feel good, and we can spare the planet. Is there an answer or there, are there multiple answers? It seems complex. I think we have to accept accountability and we have to certainly value uh, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. It can't be about how many, you know, pieces you push out or what the inventory or even what the demand is yeah. by retailers. I think that, you know, 
accountability dictates that you do business differently. Yeah, yes. And I think if, if manufacturers and designers and firms and, and business people, if you will, who are in the deciding seats, mm -hmm. link arms and aims together around that right. principle, mm -hmm. it will happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think it's an ex exciting time because we're starting to see a lot more brands really taking onus of that mm -hmm. and being more cognizant in how they're going about their manufacturing processes. Um, I actually was recently in Lagos Fashion Week. Oh, my and gosh. And it was exciting there because um, there were a host of all of these made-in-Africa brands yes. that are really pushing production on the continent and really pushing forward this idea of slow fashion. Yeah. So going back to the thinking of handmade, homespun mm, pieces, yeah. you know, employing local craftsmen and yes. craftswomen, and that that's kind of a big movement that's happening that I yes. think is really, you know, where the future of fashion is going, this yes. idea of, you know, pieces that have more of the story behind them, more of the craftsmanship mm -hmm. behind them. Yes. Um, so I'm hoping that that's more so the direction mm -hmm. that things continue yeah. to go in, but it's yeah. exciting to see that more brands are starting to embrace that. And yes. with that, of course, comes sustainability of because course. you're not pumping out yes. millions and right. millions of pieces. Yes. And so there's there's that a greater, dump. yeah, mm -hmm. so there's a greater mission with that as well. Right. I'm also hoping that Lagos Fashion Week becomes part of just the lexicon. New York, London, Paris, yeah. Lagos. Yes. yes. Right. that be exciting? Well, it's right. becoming a right. huge it is. fashion capital. It is really becoming huge. And, yeah. I, and I don't think it's a trend. I no. think it's really here to stay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. very exciting. Mm -hmm. But fast fashion, slow fashion, are we patient enough? as a society, you know, to, we, we want to place the order and get it within a week. I know sometimes when I place an order for whatever, dog food or whatever the case may be, <laughs> if it takes more than <laughs> right. two days on, right. you know, Amazon or right. Amazon Prime, right. I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. where's my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So are we, can we learn to be patient? I think we can. I think we can. Yeah. I think if we feel, um, ownership in yeah. that if we feel as though we're playing a part yes i think we definitely will yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and i yeah. think that this next generation is definitely yes. starting to be more cognizant yeah. of that yeah. and they mm -hmm. they care about the future they you know? really they want to make yeah. sure that this yeah. world is going to be healthy for them and the next yeah. generation right. and so it's exciting to see you know young people that are really trying to push that forward as well right so. I, at disney dreamers academy you know we uh work with Steve Harvey to bring yes. in 100 students every year. Yes. And increasingly, more and more of them want to be fashion designers. And, and, and as part of the conversation, they are talking sustainable fabrics. They ah. are talking sustainable labor and yes. practices and yes. all of that. And these are high school students. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so it's exciting. well thought out. So yeah. as Disney Dreamers, it's a program for students who want to enter into any high field. School high school students who want to, yeah, who they register. They have until October 31st of every year to yes. register. Yes. And there's a team of us who judge their essays wow. and of those essays 100 students get chosen out of maybe 5,000 wow. and wow. and we bring them to Disney to just dream they're exposed oh. to all types of mm. uh, people from all professional corridors if That's you will amazing. and they get to dream they get to express themselves they get to ask questions their parents come there's programming for the parents yes. and mm. um, it is in its 12th or 13th year I oh want to say goodness. the program wow. with Essence and Steve Harvey that and it's amazing. just phenomenal yes yeah. that's fantastic yeah i love that idea can i mm. apply 
too late for me. I think it's exciting though that still more um, kids are excited about getting into the fashion industry. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. I think yes. very that so that's part of the cycle yeah. and, change and as well. And I will tell you, many of them are entrepreneurs already. Yes, they have their own businesses yeah. in the community, and wow. they are, you know, in charge of production and design, yes. and they have partnerships. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's just fascinating that you know between age fourteen and eighteen, if you will, that you're in business for yourself yes. at, with responsible products. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if couture is already sustainable, right? They're making one piece mm -hmm. on demand, whoever can afford it. So, but it's, that's the problem, whoever yeah. can afford whoever it. Whoever can afford it. So yeah. how do we sort of bridge that gap? Or do we take a lesson from couture and say, well, really, we're going to start creating limited pieces. And in order to be more sustainable, we're not going to create 10,000 mass right. produced. We're really maybe right. we just do 5,000 right. instead of 10,000. Right. Would that help? Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it would as well. I, I think we have to change our mental appetite for how we consume mm -hmm. across the board, yeah. not only fashion, beauty, food, yeah. what have you. Yes. Yeah, it, it's really mm. calling for, you know, what I said earlier, a leader shift. Yes. And, it, and it starts at the top. Yes. And that's how we shape um, buying habits, uh, perspectives, yes. what's important and what's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now that's all, you know, very timely because boy, I am a consumer. I read an article the other day and it was a medical article, I think on, on Doximity. And the title of the article was something to the effect of, as consumers, we are dying a slow death by a thousand little cuts because we buy and we buy and we really have to start rethinking, do we really want and need do the $50,000 car? Maybe when we can just do well with the $20,000 car. Now for me, I've been in sort of this state of delayed gratification, <laughs> right? <laughs> Having gone to school for yes. so many years and yeah. training for yeah. so many years, yeah. student loans, yeah. you know, yeah. all that. So when I finally get to the point where it's like, ah, I can right. have something nice, <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go get right. something yeah. nice. Right. So right. where is the middle ground? Do we sort of stop buying I or just that buy a happy medium. I think there's a I think again it begins with how you see yourself uh, yeah. and what you value. I think that only you get to decide that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate um that. and it also has to do with <laughs> taste level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really true. does. You know, when I look at even the beauty industry and once upon a time in fragrances um, the industry created what's known as classics. Mm -hmm. And it makes you wonder why classics can't be created nowadays right. because it's spinning things out too fast. Yes. And mm -hmm. so the few classics that remain, yes. like a Chanel number no. 5 or, you know, right. Ro Ralph Lauren Romance right. or things like that. Or the Narcissa Rodriguez uh, and the pink uh, bottle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. It's yes. very telling. Yeah. It's very telling. Yeah. Yeah. Too fast. Yeah. I mean, the it's designers that have transcended are really the ones that have kind of stuck to those classics yeah. and those yes, timeless pieces. That's right. You yeah. know, they've evolved yeah. and trying yes. to kind of kind of come and go, but it's right. still right. those staple pieces that stay with right. them throughout. Yes. Well, you know? if you, like if you look at Hermes, yes. for example, oh, gosh, yeah. or you look at Chanel, again, yes. even a repetition of ideas, yes. but in a new way of in putting it way. together yeah. or a new mm -hmm. tweak. But yeah. yeah. And, and so that's why you could say, well, once you own one, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. then you're yeah. good. You're, you're good. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's continue on that vein and talk about margins and money. 
prices for an article of clothing range anywhere from a few dollars up to six figures, obviously for a couture gown. And social media celebrities are often criticized by some of their fans and followers for displaying their lavish expenditures in the face of starving children, you know, around the world. Is there an argument for either spending sensibly or justifying the six-figure investment piece? I believe that there's a happy medium, but where is the happy medium for those brands that use celebrities to push forth these yeah. items? I think, I've, honestly, as long as we live in a capitalistic society, always, yeah. that there's always going to be that. Yes. There's yeah. always going to be that. Yeah. And and I, I don't know if that'll change in our lifetime, at yeah. least. Right. But, yeah, this is the nature of... Who we are, right. where we, we are. Society. Yes, but that's right. I do think it's interesting though, because even when you look at like, I don't know, the Kardashians, yes. yeah, for all of their designer pieces, mm -hmm. they also wear Fashion Nova, right? And these brands right. that are, you right. know, brands that you can buy online yes. that yeah. are super affordable, affordable. that right. cater to women of all body types, yes. that yeah. sell. You know, that sure. women buy those collections. So I think it's interesting because I think you're also seeing celebrities now where they also are embracing that side as well so they right. may wear their designer pieces mm -hmm. but they admittedly yeah. also wear you know pieces that are more affordable as well right. um, and I think yeah. that that's, that really resonates with yeah. um, consumers as well yes. you know feeling like yeah. maybe you can't wear Kim Kardashian's Louis Vuitton right. gown right. But, but that Fashion Nova dress right. yeah, can <laughs> be yours you yeah. can actually wear that that's dress right. that she has on yes. you know and, and then again I think the best among them in terms of celebrity influencers like like many women there it's a mix of high yes. and low because it's about their style sensibility as opposed to the labels yeah. yes and yeah. they're very vocal about it they're i think very we're vocal having more celebrities yeah. that talk freely about the mixing That's of the right. price points yes. and yeah. that are very vocal about the yeah. fact that not right. everything they wear is head to toe designer right. it's actually not trendy anymore right it's really not cool no, no one wears be, the yeah. full look no anymore. One. anyone no everyone one. is mixing and i yeah. think that that That's really right. resonates with people i'm a huge yeah. fan of high low yeah yes <laughs> excuse me okay so let's talk about skilled labor skilled labor mm. in the fashion and probably the beauty industry there's been some exploitation. So stylists, photographers, <clears throat> even some models, they're expected to work for free or for exchange of goods or simply for the honor of having media attention or public exposure and of being granted the status or the social status of um, that fashion brings. So can't fashion afford to pay its skilled <laughs> workers, <laughs> right? And if it can, then why can't those who help fashion dream the dream and put the vision out there, why can't they also share in the profit margins? Marielle, do you yes. have personal <laughs> <laughs> I personally, well, I can say that in starting out, when yes. I was just looking to get my foot in the door, there were times that I worked for free. Yes. And, you know, I think that aspect of it. But you were willing it, to do that. Yeah, you were willing to do it for the relationships, for the experience, um, just for the, the visibility of, yes. you know. So I think that that's kind of a part of the industry when mm -hmm. you just start looking to get your foot in the door. Yes. But I think, of course, if you're talking about established brands that are not mm -hmm. paying, that definitely, you know, yes. is, is an issue. You know, there's definitely the budget in, in most cases, you know, um, and I think that there are ways to um, 
to compensate people properly, right? Um, you know, while still getting what you need right. out of it. Yeah, I think for a lot of des- you know new designers or young designers, yeah. a lot of times they may have a model as muse, yes. and so she gets to keep all the clothes mm-hmm. and they yes. get the exposure, and certainly or. You know, if she has a huge social media following, mm-hmm. you know, so it's fine when the relationships are reciprocal, I'll yes. say. Yes. It's when they're not, right. when it's a challenge. Right. Yes. And yes. I believe there has to be some kind of energetic exchange. It doesn't right. have to be that you actually pay cash or credit card, whatever, right. for the item. But right. as long as there's some kind of, as you said, reciprocity and That's mutual right. exchange, mm-hmm. then I think yeah. it can work. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. something to be said for, quote unquote, working for free. But if you're actually learning, yeah. then it's right. getting yeah. something. Exactly. It may not be something of monetary value. Right now but maybe it but will, it will pay line. off yeah. that's right off. that's right okay so speaking of models let's speak about inclusivity mm-hmm. um, on a number of levels so we'll discuss them one by one and either one of you can answer both of you can answer mm-hmm. models there's been a noticeable increase in men and women of color plus size models gender fluid models on the runways is this a fleeting trend or is the representation here to stay I don't think it's, I hope it's not fleeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think, again, people want to see themselves reflected. And the brands that don't do that are going to fall behind. Right. You yeah. know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to still be relevant yes. and be a, have a viable business in today's climate, you have to, you know, gone are the days of only speaking to this one demographic. Yes. And I think that brands, even the ones that may not be fully aligned with it, know yes. that they have to yes. adapt it in some yes. level. Um, so I don't I don't think it's fleeting. I think it's just still going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, Mickey, mm-hmm. about doing it properly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And having it really be something that um, is not a forced thing, but right. something that's happening organically, organically and having the yeah. right people in the room to make sure that there are no mishaps along the way, <laughs> right. you know, as you're looking to make those changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think as far as models, I think we're going to see more um, more diversity as far as gender and race and body type. Um, I think the customers are demanding it. Yeah. Right. You know, you right. can no longer deny it yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that... Um, everyone from ad agencies to design firms, they are realizing that there's growing power in casting diversity. Yeah, and the more you mirror the audience, Mm -hmm. if you will. And and even, you know, just like I love some of the ads, the eclectic mix of people who one would think in society might not ever meet, and here they are. are. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. I agree with you. I agree. And now what of the fashion designers? Are there more female fashion designers? Are they coming, you know, forward? And if they are, and and I, I hope that they are, why does it seem as if they're not as highly lauded or celebrated as some of the male fashion designers. Mm. It you know it baffles me that there aren't more <laughs> female fashion designers, given the fact that almost every inch of the industry <laughs> revolves around women. <laughs> women. Yeah. It really makes no sense, you know, from product and marketing and imaging and messaging, all of that. Yes. You know, I I was looking at that and I saw where you know if you do the math, it took Dior seventy years to hire a female creative director. Seventy wow. when they hired uh, Maria Grazia Churi. Yes, you know. Or um, the 66-year-old fashion house, Givenchy, named its first female designer in 2017 and Claire Wade Keller. And and you would say, like, no, it's like I'm shaking my head. (laughs) So it would seem to me that with women around the world spending billions on clothing, that 
female designers should be at the helm and able to reap those rewards. You would think. And, um, but, you know, by and large, I think it has to do with the worlds of banking mm -hmm. and management, yes, who's in control, yes. and it's still male-dominated. Yeah, C-suite. Yep. Yes, yeah. it is. And it is a, a sort of a sad irony, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Now, a number of celebrities have started their own fashion lines. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the lines offer fashionable and trendy clothes. And, you know, some of these celebrity designers are indeed talented. Um, but for some of them, fashion is a side hustle or yeah. an, another revenue stream. Should celebrities stay in their lanes? <laughs> <laughs> or is there something to be said for opening up the field for new, fresh ideas? Oh, I have one word for that, Rihanna. Oh. Yeah, 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 I have one word for that. That's true. Rihanna. That's the answer. I mean, you that know, if you look at, at Rihanna and, and Fenty in the beauty space and in fashion space and with the launch of her fashion brand under LVMH, mm -hmm. yeah. you yeah. know, the group that owns Louis Vuitton yes, and, and, and Dior, mm -hmm. you know, not for mm -hmm. nothing, she's the first black female right. to take the helm of a major mm, fashion, major house. fashion oh. house and the and her influence is powerful, powerful. Yeah. so i think though more so than her celebrity if you mm. will that the audience gravitates to her because she is her authentic, authentic. self absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. she tells she is her authentic she is self. her authentic and self her yeah. story her story mm -hmm. is yes. so she's open oh my yeah. god she's so exactly open. exactly i, yeah. I have a and lot you know, Never feel like if she's wearing something, it's not yeah. something that right. she really, you know, feels right. comfortable in and believes in. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. exactly. But she wouldn't to wear it. Yeah, That's right. right. Whereas many celebrities are kind of hangers. Right. Or they're only yeah. wearing what their stylists put exactly. them in That's or what right. brands put them in. Yeah. yeah. She's wearing pieces that actually resonate with her personal style. She really style. is. Right. Yeah. yeah. She she's a boss. Yeah. She's a boss. Babe. She's a boss. Would love to interview on this podcast. So is High Street still aspirational, or has it become too exclusive and just unaffordable? affordable for most people. I like to, you know, I like to aspire to things, but it seems as if it's uh, sometimes untenable. I think it still provides inspiration. Yeah, I think you know, it does, it, yeah. I think I think you you yeah. get the your fantasy. inspiration. Yeah, the right. fantasy. Which without that, what do we have? Right. right. Yes. You I know? think it'll always be necessary. Yeah, yeah. I really I do. Yeah. yeah. No. I think you're right. It will always mm -hmm. be necessary because yeah. if it were the same story and the right, you know, just the same affordable things right. that look like yeah. standard and everything exactly. else, then we, we wouldn't dream. Yes. Would we wouldn't. We? Dream. This world is That's tough right. enough. You know, we need some. We need some place to dream. That's right. What are some of the challenges, <clears throat> excuse me, that designers of color face in fashion and beauty? Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to what we said before about having a seat at the table, yes. you know, the barriers to entry, uh, the barriers to entry, yeah. you know, getting um, access to funding, you know, there are just certain right. things that um, designers of color just don't have access to. So the things that you need to build your brand, right. you yes. know, the capital, yes. the right. funding, yes. um, the machine that's going to help you be able to actually put out product, sure. yeah. access to manufacturers, yes. um, right. the visibility. I think even um, it comes down, I think, sometimes to celebrity, because for a lot of mm -hmm. um a lot of these young designers, it's about getting a Rihanna to wear your yes. piece and get that visibility. Right. Right. And a lot right. of these designers of color just don't even have the access right. or you know, to, to even get right. their pieces seen on that level. Exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, those are kind of some of the um, some of the struggles, you know, really mm -hmm. having those connections to be able to get in, to get a seat at the table and, yeah. and get that right. visibility. I mean, if you look at Pat McGrath. 
and how long it took Pat McGrath to have her own line. Mm -hmm. You know, she was designing behind the scenes for everyone. everyone. From Procter & Gamble to Dolce & Gabbana, you name it. But now, here in 2018, Mm -hmm. we finally get Pat McGrath. Mm -hmm. And Pat has always had this line in her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to ask that question again since I uh, had a little hiccup. What are some of the challenges that designers of color face in fashion and beauty? So let's end on a positive note. At the recent Vogue uh, Forces of Fashion Conference, Anna Wintour, editor-in-chief of American Vogue, stated, quote, fashion is by nature progressive, unquote. I believe that the fashion industry will make progress on many issues that we discussed today. What are you, Marielle and Mickey, most (laughs) excited about the future of fashion and where do you think it will make the most progress or have the most impact? We're ending on a positive note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm excited about sustainability. Yes. Um, I think we're just seeing so much technologically with what designers are able to do um, with fabrication um, that really is a game changer, I think, Mm. you know, because I think for a long time there was a stigma that if you wanted to create pieces that were sustainability, that it wasn't going to have the same level of design. It wasn't going to have the same. Yeah. (laughs) And no one wants that. Right. (laughs) So I think it's exciting to see that more designers are challenging themselves to really think outside the box and um, employ methods that are sustainable while also giving consumers the fashion aspect. Right, and they're um, still luxurious. Yeah, and I think also I'm excited about seeing more designers of color yes. having yeah. entry, getting seats at the table, you know, um, getting into the room and having their pieces shown. Yeah. Um, I think that that's something that, you know, obviously has been avoided in the marketplace for so long, and it's exciting to see that um, that's been a big game changer, and it's yes. made fashion more exciting. Yes. Right. You know, yeah, because again, true. we were talking earlier about the visibility and right. how it's the same players in the game that yeah. are able to yeah. show, yeah. and so you're seeing more you know young folks coming into the table coming into the room that are really starting to change the game with what we're seeing so i would say the diversity of kind of seeing these younger faces more designers of color and then sustainability yeah yeah and 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 platforms for designers of color to show their wares you know certain i'm always you know excited to see who brandis uh, Dan mm-hmm. is going to introduce at Harlem mm-hmm. Fashion Row. Yes. Uh, so not just the not New York just, Fashion Week. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, last year, um, my hometown of Newark, New Jersey, held Newark Fashion Forward, and they mm-hmm. introduced several wow. designers. And one who I've been wearing, um, certainly Marco Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also excited about Aurora James, mm-hmm. a yes. woman of color who, you know, with Brother Veli's, she is... Um, it's a deeply conscious brand. Yeah. And I read her quote recently, and it really summed it up for me. She said that, you know, how she's still dealing with the intersection of being a woman of color, a female entrepreneur, and a minority in the fashion world. Wow. But ultimately, you know, when she's looking at herself in that frame and women in general, just being out there existing and thriving mm-hmm. is the win. And that one has to keep walking in the truth that you know and creating the things that are going to make light in dark places. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. So that says it all. That yes. really does say it yes. all. So how do we as consumers, how do we find out about these young talents? I mean, they're, if they're not featured in Vogue, if they're not, if we don't know their social media h- handles, how do we find out about them? Are we reading about them in essence? Or how do we know, how do we figure out how to support how them. How to find them. 
Um, I think it's, you know, definitely for those of us who are editors, giving them a platform, yeah. being more conscious about seeking out the next generation and giving them that visibility that they're not getting in other outlets. I know that yes. at Essence, I'm very intentional about featuring black designers, yes. getting them on covers, because yes. that's something that we a lot of times don't see. Yes. It's tricky because a lot of times celebrities want to wear these European brands. Yes. That's what they're used to wearing on the yeah. pages of Vogue and right. Elle and Glamour. And it's sometimes tricky to get them to want to wear black designers, yeah. you know. And so I think it's educating them on who they are, yes. letting them see the pieces. And a lot of times they're, they're finding something new and exciting and yes. they're excited to support these yes. brands. So yes. I think giving them visibility in the pages. Um, and then I think also um, something exciting that's happening is there's a lot more e-commerce platforms yes. Um, yes. where you can actually buy the pieces. That's right. right. Because that's I think right. that's the struggle. It's yes. You see the, where these great collections them. and then yeah. it's like, where can you go? That's right. That's true. Um, that's a good so we're seeing yeah. a lot more e-commerce platforms where these new designers are being sold yeah. and that's a great way to be able to support mm -hmm. them as well. Well, I'm happy yeah. to wear whoever you want me to wear. <laughs> I will not complain. Put me in somebody new. <laughs> I also think what's important is that we talk about them or showcase them where we spend our dwell time. Mm -hmm. So yes. certainly in magazines, yes. certainly in podcasts, which mm -hmm. are the conversations mm -hmm. that like this, that we're always having and we're yes. always listening in and taking yes. our directives from them. I think also in how well we support these brands. I've yes. made a commitment to wear, you know, black designers. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, and, and certainly since social media gives us an instant platform, then that is also how the message is being yes. conveyed. Yes. And a lot of, not for nothing, a lot of uh, talent have launched their careers on social, on social media. media. Yes, mm -hmm. it's true. So yeah. that's the power of our presence. It really is. Yes. And the power of your presence is definitely palpable here today. <laughs> this has been like, <laughs> so amazing so phenomenal your presence here and your contribution to this podcast i i am just forever fab and forever grateful oh, oh, you've been you. listening to my tete-a-tete -tete and deep discussions with mickey taylor and marielle bobo on fashion and the issues facing it today there's hope and it is wearing a little black dress. Thank you, Mickey and Marielle, for your thank time you. and your expertise and your brilliance and your beauty. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous and empowered inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.